Good morning, Good Hope, and good morning, visitors. I'd like to welcome you to the historic Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church here in Houston, Texas, where Dr. D.C. Cofield serves as our senior pastor. Good Hope, let's read our mission statement together. The Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church will love God, love all people, and change the world in order to make disciples of Jesus Christ. This is our 10 o'clock service, and I'd like to welcome our streaming audience. Good Hope is a social media friendly church, so please like us on Facebook, tweet memorable moments of today's message, and if you like Snapchat, post a photo or video using our hashtag, GoodHopeHTX. For additional information about all of our ministries, check out our website, goodhope.org. Please take this opportunity to silence your cell phones. Again, thank you for worshiping with us and welcome to worship. Amen. One way we worship God here today at Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church is through his word. And so let us stand and let us stand. We're going to be reading our congregational scripture through Psalms 121. Psalms 121 from the New American Standard Bible, and it reads, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains, for from where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he keeps Israel whether slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. So the Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. Amen. Amen. Bless the hearers and the readers and the doers of the word of God. Let's go to him in prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this morning, God. This is the day that the Lord has made. Lord, we shall rejoice and be glad in it, God. I welcome everyone here to worship here today. I pray, God, that through this worship service, God, you will be glorified, God. The devil will be horrified, and the people, Lord, will be edified. Lord, we thank you, God, for worshiping here today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. And glory to God. Amen. I'm going to ask that you worship with us this morning. We're going to sing about the freedom that God gives us. Glory to God. Come on, clap your hands. Sing a little louder than before. I want to jump higher than before. I want to shout louder than before. Yeah. Come on and say, Freedom. 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 Yeah. God, I thank you for freedom. Freedom. 
Amen. If you're free and you're glad about it, come on, put your hands together and praise God. Word of God declares, he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. How many free indeed people are in the house today? Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Listen, how many of you all know that in the presence of God, we can find everything that we need? Everything. The fullness of joy, peace, love, and joy, healing, deliverance, salvation, whatever it is that we need. Jesus is here. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, Jesus is here. Hallelujah. Real simple song. Once you learn it, you can sing it with us. Song simply says, Jesus is here. Everything I need is here. It says this. Jesus is here. Everything I need is here. That's all there is to the song. Come on, sing that with us. Jesus. Jesus is here. Everything I need. Everything I need. Is here. Is here. If you need healing in your body, come on, declare it. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Everything I need. If you don't know him in the pardon of your sins, he's here to save you today. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Everything I need, yes. Everything I need is here. Come on, receive what you need in the presence of the Lord today. Come on, lift your hands and declare, Jesus is here. Hallelujah. Everything I need, yes. Everything I need is here. You may be going through a difficulty and you need peace in your mind today. Come on, declare it today. Jesus is here. Everything I need, yes. financial, emotionally, whatever it is, know that Jesus is here.
hands in this place. Let's declare one more time. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Everything I need. God for his presence in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you and to receive from you, God. And we've come to bless you, to give you what is yours, God. You deserve our worship. You deserve our praise. All honor and glory is yours, God. So we thank you for this opportunity to worship. Be magnified, be glorified in this place today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, clap your hands one more time and give God praise. Amen. It's fellowship time. Y'all know how we roll here. Come on, get out of your section. Get out of your row. Come on, greet as many people as you can. Welcome them to worship this morning. need is Jesus. All this other stuff they're telling you you need and all, you just need Jesus. And I got news for you. When you have Jesus, you got everything that you need. Morning by morning, you got everything that you need. Thank God for Jesus. Yes, indeed. Amen. Amen. Well, good to see you this morning. You're looking good. 
And because you're looking good, that means God has blessed you in a mighty, mighty way. Thank God for his blessings. Our pastor is out today, and uh, I'll share with you later why. But uh, I ain't going to tell you. Don't tell him right now. Keep, keep it. All right. I'll hold it for a minute. But uh, we'll share with you later while he's not here. All right, Brother Deacons, senior pastor is not here, but there is a preacher in the house. And there is a word from the Lord. And so uh, after we hear from the praise team and Elder Taylor, and we'll hear from the speaker for the hour, your humble servant. And we pray that God will bless you in a mighty, mighty way. Amen? Amen. All right. Elder. Amen. Listen, I want to teach you a little part of a song that we're going to sing this morning so that you can sing with us. Uh, how many of you all understand the power of agreement? The word of God says between, between us that if two or three, if, if two of us come together and agree concerning a matter, that God will honor that. God will answer our prayers. Amen? Amen. But also, God has made promises to us in his word. God has made declarations about us. He calls us more than conquerors. He calls us overcomers. He calls us the head, not the tail. He, he calls us that we're victorious in every situation. So how many of you all agree with the word of God concerning your life? Amen. Simple song, and what you want to sing this is, you're going to say, yes, Lord, I believe. Say that with me. Say it. Yes, Lord, I believe. Say, yes, Lord, I agree. Yes, Lord, I believe. All things are possible. All things. So come on, let's teach them real quick. Y'all ready? It just says this. Everybody shout with me. Yes, Lord, I believe. Everybody shout with me. Yes, Lord, I agree. Shout it out if you believe. Yes, Lord, All I things believe. Are possible. All things are possible. All things. All things are possible. All things are possible. All things. Try that with us, everybody. Say, everybody shout with me. Yes, Lord, I believe. Everybody shout with me. Yes, Lord, I agree. Shout it out if you believe. Yes, Lord. All things I are possible. All things are possible. All things. All things are possible. All things are possible. All things. Now, if you believe that, come on, put your hands together and make some noise in here. Clap your hands with us, everybody. Here we go. Everybody shout with me. Everybody shout with me. Shout it out if you believe. Yes, Lord, all things 
We're grateful, God, that you can't fail. Most of all, God actually gives us something, and it's ours to accept or to reject. And that's his love. We invite you to worship today. He's everything that we need him to be. He's Jesus. Everything is wrapped up in his name. Then he's healer. Then he's master and our savior. Quick song just says this. Fire! 
Jesus is worthy. We, we might think that the things we do here on earth is worthy. They have a place. And at best, they're good works. But what Jesus did for us tells us he's worthy. And he is worthy to be praised. Praise him. If you don't praise him, the Bible says the rocks will cry out. I got news for you. I'm going to let a rock tell what God has done for me. He's worthy of my praise. So this morning, if you haven't praised him, you ought to take a minute and praise him because he's worthy of your praise. There is a word from the Lord this morning. Let us pray. God, we come right now to hear from you come now to hear a word from you, Lord. Open our hearts to receive it. Show us what you would have us to do. Thank you for your word. Thank you for it being a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Thank you that it shows us what you would want us to do. God, we love you. We bless your name. Now, Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Thank you for being my redeemer. 
thank you for being my strength. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Peter, Andrew, James, John, Matthew, Thomas, Simon, Bartholomew, they were all missing. Jesus had been captured, and they could not be found. They failed Jesus. They had made a promise. But when uncertainty and fear came, they could not be found. They went missing. Have you had any failures in your life? What do you do with your failures? You know, failures tend to come in little pebbles and grow to be big rocks. They show up in relationships. They show up when we are disobedient. They show up when we are immoral. We have good intentions and then they turn bad. Are you carrying any failures in your heart? Are you carrying any in your head? Are you carrying any in your hand? What have you done with your failures? Do you know anybody that has had failures? Do you know anybody that has made mistakes and all they want is just to be made whole again? If you don't know anybody, maybe it's you. And you want to be made whole again. Our text this morning if you have your outlines, you can turn to it. It's found in the Gospel of John, the 19th chapter, verses 25 through 27. And I want to read it for your hearing. Therefore the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. The grass withers, flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. For a few moments this morning, I want to talk from this thought at the cross. The historical background to this gospel, uh, it's written by the disciple John. It is unique because it is not considered to be a part of the synoptic gospels. Luke and his writing presents Jesus in his humanity as the son of man. John presents Christ in his divinity as the son of God. And in doing that, John eloquently writes in the very first verse of John, the first chapter, in the beginning was the word, 
and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He goes on to say that Jesus was the true light to enlighten the world. Jesus had come to be among his own, and his own rejected him. Then John says, but to those that received him, he gave the right to become children of God. He speaks to his experience with the master. He said, he was the word that became flesh, and he dwelt among us. We saw his glory as that of the only begotten son, full of grace and truth. Then he reminds us of his love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And he goes on to say that he did not come to condemn the world but to bring to the world salvation. And today we meet John at chapter 19 at the foot of the cross. And at this scene at the cross, Jesus has been apprehended. He's been beaten and taken from judgment hall to judgment hall all night long. This was a sad scene because there were soldiers making mockery and selling his clothes and, and just making fun of the situation. And, and they were having a good time at Jesus' expense. Now, before we get to this chapter in John, some things has occurred with Jesus and the disciples. They had spent some high spiritual times with the master. Uh, John's discourse about the upper room discourse tells us some of the things that occurred. Uh, Jesus spent time washing the disciples' feet in the upper room. They had communion in the upper room. And, and, the, and the Bible says that after they had communion and, and the bread and the wine was partaken of, they sung a hymn. And went out. All of these high spiritual things had taken place. And, and Jesus had told his disciples that he was headed to death. And because of that, he, he noticed that there was some angst among them. They wasn't feeling what was going on. And, and in John 14, he tells them, be not disturbed. Uh, be not troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. And then he went on to tell them about the difference between believing in him and everything else. He told them, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father except by me. And in chapter 15, he tells them, I am the true vine, and you should abide in me. My word abides in you, and I abide in you, and my word abides in you. He goes on to tell them, and he quotes the prophet Zechariah. Well, the prophet said that when the shepherd is struck, the sheep will scatter. And when he told him that, there was Peter in the crowd. And Peter wasn't accepting that he would scatter. Peter boldly declared, no, not me, Jesus. I'm your boy. I'm with you all the way, even to death. I got your back. And Jesus looked at him and said, well, Peter, let me tell you what's going to happen. Before the sun comes up, you're going to deny me three times. And then and when Peter made that declaration, we see our first Me Too movement. The other disciple says, Me Too, Me Too. <laughs> but yet, 
when Jesus was apprehended, they all fell. They all broke their promise. They failed to keep their word. They failed to do what they said they would do, even after all of these spiritual things had gone on. They still failed. Let me park it right there and remind all of us that we will fail. If you haven't, you're on your way. And you're going to fail even after you've had a high spiritual moment. You said, I'm going to have quiet time all week. God bless your soul, you did it. But the next week, you're fussing, cussing, and everything else. Because that co-worker did the same thing they did before the week you had your spiritual journey. We fail. We fail because we're not perfect. We fail because the way we are set up with sin, sin causes us to fail. Even when you believe you're walking tight and right, you're going to fail. Jesus told Peter that. He told him that Satan desires to sift you, Peter, as wheat, mess you up, turn you upside down. Yeah, Satan is a, is a lion that prowls around seeking to devour. Yeah, he, he saw that you were in church raising your hand, praising God, saying amen to the word, singing a song that you love to sing. Satan saw that, and he's waiting for you to come out the door. And he's saying, let me see how holy they are right now. We fail. We drop the ball. We make mistakes. Be careful that you don't say that I'll never do this or I'll never do that. You find yourself in Neverland. And when you find yourself there, you'll look at somebody else and say, hmm, I would have never done that. You look at him and say, hmm, I'd have never said that. And then, before you know it, you're just like Peter. And you have a Peter experience. You say a never before the sun comes up. We fail. We're not perfect. We mess up. We ain't got it right yet. Failures are a part of our lives. Not only us but people that we know and that we love. When we fail in life, when we make mistakes in life, God has a way of handling our failures. So here in this scene, in John 19, at the foot of the cross, God gives us an idea of how he handles our failures. So for the first thing I want you to see in this text as to how God handles our failures. At the cross, God handles our failures with unmerited favor. John's experience with Jesus was special, uh, so much so that he was nicknamed a son of thunder. He was nicknamed that because of his passion and, and his, his love for the way that Christ had come and for the cause of Christ. 
He was a part of the inner circle, Peter, James, and John. He, of the three, were only recorded to be the ones that was on Transfiguration Mountain that had a conversation with Jesus and saw Moses and, and Elijah. He was special in that sense. Uh, he had some unique experiences with Jesus. His journey with the master was different. And your journey sometimes is different. Praise God that you have a spiritual journey. But even in your spiritual journey, don't get up at it and think you got it going on. It's okay to be holy, but don't get too holy. Where you think you'll never make a mistake. The minute you think that, you're walking right into it. We all struggle with this inner struggle of doing right and wrong. Paul talks about that in Romans 7, 14. And he says, so the trouble is not with the law, but it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me. For I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Failure, that struggle that we have day in and day out. They just didn't speak to me. Should I speak to them? The devil telling you, no, keep on about your business. My manager don't know I took off. Should I tell him? The devil said, no, keep it to yourself. Failure to do right. Failure to be obedient to God. Sin takes over us. It reminds us of this sin struggle that we have all the time because we are not perfect. Now, when we get to the foot of the cross, the disciple shows up. Now, before he shows up, when they scattered, there was one that hung around as they took Jesus from judgment hall to judgment hall. And that was Peter. Peter hung around, and uh, the Bible says that uh, from judgment hall to judgment hall, Peter would look in. And then one time, he was warming himself by the enemy's fire, and he got called out. And when he got called out, he said, I don't know him. But this disciple, John, goes a step farther, and he comes to the foot of the cross. John. Wearied and wounded in spirit because he had failed the master. John, the one that self-describes himself as a disciple that Jesus loved, had failed his master. But he found himself at the foot of the cross. What does that tell you and I? That when you fall down, you don't have to stay down. You can get up and make your way to the cross. Somebody might have told you that you're a failure. You can't forgive yourself for something that you've done in your life. I got news for you. You can forgive yourself when you find yourself at the foot of the cross. Because when you find yourself there, you find grace. When you find yourself there, you find a God that's been waiting on you to come to the foot of the cross. Uh, this disciple made his way to the cross. All of us, at some point in time when life gets to where we're despondent and 
we messed up and we figure we can't get it right, I got news for you this morning. You can always get it right at the cross. Find your way back to the cross. The old song says that many have come, but there's still room for one. Find your way back to the cross. Then when John showed up, he didn't find something. He didn't find rebuke. He didn't find scorn. He didn't find Jesus looking at him with a side eye, saying, where you been? You said you was going to be here. What, what, what's going on? Why it took you so long? He, he didn't do that. Unlike you and I, when that best friend lets us down, when that best friend knows that we're in trouble, and they told us, I got your back, and now since being the best friend, they've turned into the worst friend. They don't answer your texts. They don't respond to you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can't do FaceTime. They can't be found. And then after a while, by and by, they show up. And you give them the side eye. And you let them know when I needed you, you wasn't there. What you want? Don't darken my doorstep. I thought you was my friend. And we won't even give them a side eye. We'll give them, get out of my face. Talk to the hand. That's not what John found in his failure at the cross. And so when you fail, we don't find that. What we find is God's immeasurable riches of grace. Grace is what we get that don't belong to us. John found this grace at the cross. Another way of saying that, he found favor at the cross. Uh, the text says that Jesus saw him. That's a verb in the active voice, and that means he perceived who he was. So he knew who John was. He was clear on who he was. And knowing who he was, he also knew his shortcomings. He also knew that there were some things that John couldn't do, that he had failed. And just like that, Jesus knows the same thing about you and I. He knows our shortcomings. He knows when we brag about what we're going to do, we can't do it. He knows when we brag about, I'm going to take care of this and make promises and we break promises. He knows when we say, God, I'm going to pray every day. And we pray a month later. He knows when he said, God, I'm going to get my money right and give to you every week. And it's a year later. He knows when we break promises and can't do it. He knows it. And at the cross, he shows us what he does for us. He gives us grace. He gives us mercy. He gives us a second chance. No, no, he gives us another chance. Another chance over and over again. Uh, every year, 12 months a year, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, he gives us another chance. I'm so glad that God gives me another chance. And I can find that chance at the foot of the cross. Uh, Mother 
uh, got a divorce and her teenage daughter didn't like it and she began to rebel. And that rebellion led to uh, being uh, arrested for drunk driving. So mother picked her up and brought her home because all of that had caused a lot of pain and sorrow. And uh, mom picked her home, took her home, and uh, she gave her daughter a, a gift box with a note in it. And uh, so to open it up, and so when she gave it to the daughter, the daughter had that little smirk, you know. You know how to do, oh, Lord. <laughs> and she asked her to read it. Well, in the box was a rock. The rock was 200 years old. And the note simply said this. This rock is 200 years old. It'll take that long for me to give up on you. Man, if mama can take that long, we serve a God that can do far better. And I'm so glad that God accepts us just as we are. He gives us favor and grace. He gives us all we need at the foot of the cross. Next thing here we find at the foot of the cross is that God handles our failures with love beyond degree. Here in this text, Jesus is in pain and agony. And he saw his, one of his brethren that he had spent time with. And the text says he saw John. John is one of the disciples that talked about love more than any other writer of the Gospels. Uh, this text teaches us that that Jesus is concerned about family. Here at the foot of the cross, there were four women, two of which was his mother and his, his aunt. And then there was another one that God, that Jesus had delivered from demonic activity. Family matters. And here John is here at the foot of the cross, and he's seeing the love that Jesus has for him. Uh, he's seeing what it means to just show up. And when he showed up, he never said a mumbling word. But he showed up and love was taking place. John returned because of his love for Jesus. He returned because of his passion for what Jesus was doing. Love for Jesus will bring you back to the cross. It will take you where you need to be. And when he got there, not only was John love for Jesus there, but Jesus' love for him was there. It was a relentless love. Uh, it's a love that never gives up. It's a love that never fails. It's a love that is given in spite of what we've done. Uh, Jesus on the cross loved the dying thief. Jesus on the cross showed his love even as he was taking on the guilt of the world. He showed his love. When we believe that we can't recover from a failed mistake, I got news for you. God's love is our best and final hope. His love will help you to recover. Uh, a writer, Lisa Harper, wrote that he is the God of yes. Yes, he loves you still just as you are. Yes, 
he loves you. He, he loves you because the Bible says he loves you. Yes, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves you just as you are. Jesus loves you when you've been beaten and battered and when you didn't step up to the plate, when things didn't go like you wanted and you gave up. He still loves you. He loves you beyond degree. And with full disclosure, he loves you. He loves you knowing that the promise you made today, you're going to break tomorrow. He loves you knowing that you said that I'm going to do right by my children and you don't do it. He loves you when you say I'm going to do right by my parents and you, you don't do it. He loves you. Even when you have every intention on doing good and you turn out to do bad. He loves you with full disclosure. He loves you beyond degree. And it's a love that only comes from God. It's the love that matters. It's the love that identifies you. It's the love that it identifies you, and because it identifies you, it won't destroy you. Matter of fact, it'll build you up. It'll edify you. It'll get you where you need to be. God's love, even when you say, don't nobody love me, you can never say, God doesn't love you, because he loves you just as you are, and he proved it when he sent his only begotten son to die on an old rugged cross. Yeah, he loves you beyond degree. He, he sent Jesus, and he didn't have to do it. That tells us right there that he loves us more than we will ever know. Jesus loves us. He loves us beyond degree. His love is perfect. His love is what we need. There was a young man that uh, got beside himself with mama and daddy, and he decided that he would denounce them and just not have anything to do with it. He moved out of the house and went on about his business. Later on, he discovered, well, I made a mistake, and I need to get it right. So he wrote a letter to mom, and he asked mom for forgiveness. And he said, mom, I'll tell you what I need you to do. If you forgive me, when I head back home, I'm coming back on the train, and the train uh, went behind the backyard of their house. He said, well, tell you what I need you to do, Mama. If you forgive me, hang a handkerchief on the clothesline. And if I see that handkerchief, then I'll know. Well, he was on the train, and to his surprise, when he was riding by the backyard, there was no handkerchief. Mama had went beyond a handkerchief. She started, she hung several white sheets uh, to let him know that a handkerchief cannot express her forgiveness. She let him know that she hung those white sheets to know that you are forgiven and I love you more than any handkerchief to express. That's what Jesus did for us. He loves us more than we can imagine. He not only just said, I love you. No, he died for us. He died for sinful humanity. He went beyond what he needed to do to show his love. At the foot of the cross, you find love beyond degree. And lastly, at the foot of the cross, you find 
how God handles your failures with a plan for your life. Here in, in this text, he uses the word behold, which is an imperative. And it's really a command. And, and he uses it twice. He, he tells his mother, uh, look at John. And he tells John, look at your mother. Uh, that's imperative. And he's giving a, an assignment to John. He's giving a divine assignment to John, the one that failed him, the one that didn't show up when he needed him. He's now giving him a divine assignment. He's giving him purpose. John had failed, but now Jesus is letting him know, I got a plan for you. And you're the one can fulfill the plan. You're the one that I can trust to fulfill the plan. He essentially is telling John, I can still use you for the kingdom. I don't know who I'm talking to. You made a mistake and failed and figured you couldn't do nothing for the Lord, but I got news for you. He can use your brokenness. He can use your failure. He can use your mistake for the kingdom. Because whatever you've gone through, you can help somebody that's going through the same thing. And you can tell them you were broken too, but through God, he's got something for you to do. In God, at the cross, I found grace, and I found his love, and you can find it too. So here in this text, John finds a purpose. He was given an unmistakable privilege in spite of his failure. He understood something about, it helps us rather to understand something about the future. Uh, Dean Atkinson writes something about the future. He said the best thing about the future is that it only comes one day at a time. So if you're failing and you're trying to get back, take it one day at a time. God will give you purpose to, to get back to where you need to be. He wants you to walk in his will and in his way. He has a purpose for the wounded. Uh, Moses was a murderer. He became the leader of Israel. Amen. And he has a, a purpose for the wounded because David was an adulterer and he became the king of Israel. Rahab was a prostitute, yet he used her in the lineage of Jesus Christ. He has a message and a purpose for the wounded. Peter, even though he left him, he gave him a charge in John 21. He told Peter, feed my sheep. Paul was a terrorist, but he became a leading evangelist in the new church. God has a purpose for the wounded. If you've been wounded, he's got something for you to do. You can come to the foot of the cross, and he'll show you what you need to do. God's got something for the ordinary man. How do we know that? John was just an ordinary and perfect man. But yet, he found himself at the cross. Yet, he found himself going to the place where God could restore him. He found himself at the foot of the cross. And here Jesus saw his disciple, the one that he had taught how to serve, the one that he had taught what to do, he, the one that he had spent time with. He saw his disciple, and he had a purpose for him. And when we fail, Jesus looks at us with God's eyes eyesight. Because he does, that makes the difference. He doesn't look at the scoreboard of our failure. There was a football team that played a game, and they, they got beat pretty bad. 
and the coach was upset. So the following week during practice, he put the score of that game and kept the scoreboard lit. So while they practiced the whole week, they had to look up at the scoreboard. They had to see how bad they did. And the, and the coach was so upset that the practice was hard and he made them look up and see how much they have failed. I'm so glad that when I've made mistakes, Jesus is not holding a scoreboard for me to look at and remind me of what I didn't do. No, he's got a cross that I can look up to. And when I look up to the cross, I don't see my failures. I see grace. I see love. I see purpose. I see a master that died for me when I look up at the cross. And when I look up at the cross, I don't see my sins because he told me that my sins are forgiven and, and forgotten as far as the east is from the west. So when I make mistakes, I come to the foot of the cross and I look up and there it is, my Savior who died for me at the cross. And he gives me grace, favor. He gives me love beyond what I can give myself. And he gives me purpose in life. And when you look at the cross, you can agree with the songwriter, Isaac Watts, when he said, at last it did my Savior bleed. And did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight and now I'm happy all the day. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. At the cross, family, you find grace, you find love, and you find purpose. Bless his name. All right, just uh, yeah, do the invitation and uh, then, you know, oh, great, great, uh, give it. Amen, everybody. Can we get a round of applause for our pastor and our preacher today? Amen. Amen. Everybody that can and everybody that will, will you please stand to your feet? One of the poignant talking points that Pastor Bell made in his message was about a love that knows no limit. You know, if we were to be honest with ourselves, we would realize that sometimes we look for the right things in the wrong places. Disappointment only happens when you place your expectation in the wrong people. It's not their fault that they don't have the capacity or the ability to do what you need them to do they're just as frail as you and I.
But the Bible says that there is one who will meet every expectation that you have of him. Every hurt, every pain, every situation of abandonment, he's right there to hold your hand. Brothers and sisters, the sweetest love that you will ever know in your life is the love of Jesus Christ. As our praise team sings today, we want to make an invitation on behalf of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He wants to begin a relationship with you that will transform you for the rest of your life. And so as the choir sings today, as the praise team sings today, we pray that the Holy Spirit will move on your heart. That you would let go of past hurts and pains and feelings, that you would move past that and allow God to heal you in a way that only he can. Amen. Father, we thank you for the message that has gone forth on today. God, thank you for a reminder that it is at the foot of the cross that we can be healed. God, thank you for a Lord and Savior who looked past our own deficiencies to love us, to save us, to heal us, and to nurture us through all of our hurts and our pains. God, we would ask that those who are wrestling with pains and hurts and feelings of abandonment would be healed in you, that they would come to you. God, we thank you for Pastor Bell on this morning, and we thank you for the message that you put on his heart today. Thank you, Jesus, for all you're doing in our life. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Can we give Pastor Bell another round of applause, another hand clap? Amen, amen. God used you today, Pastor Bell. Yes, sir. Just all, all up in my inners. <laughs> amen, amen. Where's well, giving time, Good Hope? Amen? amen? Amen. And so, as we begin our giving, you can also go on our Givelify app and give online. And so uh, let's begin our giving. Amen? Amen. Oh, okay. Do we have any announcements? Video announcements? Each summer, Children's Church volunteers break to refresh, renew, and participate in adult worship. You can help out by committing to serve and volunteer in Children's Church this summer. The commitment is one Sunday in either check-in, the nursery, or pre-K during the 10 a.m. service. To answer the call, it couldn't be easier than this. Please take out your phones and text SERVE to 281-433-7942. Again, text the word SERVE to 281-433-7942 or email mberkins at goodhope.org. See you this summer. It's that time of year. School is letting out and summer is right around the corner. Have you ever asked yourself, Lord, what am I going to do with these children? I'm glad you asked. Hope for Families and Barbara Jordan International Preschool presents Children with Hope Summer Leadership Camp, which features arts and crafts, Spanish and Chinese language classes, games and physical activities, field trips, and much, much more. Sessions are from June 1st through August 23rd. Early drop-off and late pickup are available at no extra charge. NCI is also available, but space is limited, so register today. For more information, call 832-217-3300 or enroll at goodhope.org. Hope to see you soon. Hoops for Hope is accepting donations and sponsorships for this upcoming season. If you are interested in financially supporting, please donate through Givelify, Pushpay, or in person at the Hoops for Hope table by the bookstore in the Center for Hope. Or contact Reverend Justin Pouncil at jpouncil at goodhope.org. Can I get a K-A-A-U? No. That's right. Good Hope's True Youth are going to Kids Across America this summer, the hypest camp out there. KAA is an urban Christian sports camp geared towards youth in the inner city ages 9 through 18. True Youth will be attending from June 29th through July 5th. That's right, the week of the 4th of July. Don't miss out on this great opportunity for your child to have fun while growing closer to Jesus. Join Pastor Justin in The View before or after 10 a.m. service to get more information and sign up or simply complete the KAA form on the Hope Network. Men of Hope, you are invited to come out to our Men's Fellowship Breakfast June 15th from 9 to 11 a.m. Enjoy food, fellowship, and the word. All are invited and the event is free. Hope to see you there. 
Don't forget, CDs of all sermons are located in the Center for Hope Bookstore for a donation of $5. That about does it for this week's Good News Weekly Announcements. Have a blessed and prosperous week. And remember, good hope, loving God, loving all people, and changing the world. Amen. Govern yourselves accordingly. So while you're still gathering the offering, we have a ministry moment uh, for the Hoop for Hopes, uh, Deacon Holmes. Are you here? Oh, you're you're in the corner. All right. We'll wait for Deacon Chestnut to come up here. So while he's coming, uh, I want to talk to you all about Hoops for Hope real quick. Uh, For those who don't know, Hoops for Hope is our basketball ministry for for youth. And um, basically what we do is we bring the kids in. We try our best to provide them with the best basketball instruction. But even more importantly than that, we provide them with the word of God. And um, I don't know if if many of y'all know this or not, but if you're over 25, you probably at this point in your life are not going to make it to the NBA or the WNBA. (laughs) Sorry, I'm going to tell you. But, but we have surrogates uh, in, our, in our kids, and they can be your surrogate on your behalf. So we might not have a bunch of Steph Currys, but we might have some Seth Currys in there. We got some shooters. And, but, but what I need from you guys, what we really need from you guys, because, you know, out of our kids and our parents, I want to thank our Hoops for Hope parents for their support. We've had some, uh, some alumni, some kids have been playing for us for a while. We need y'all's financial support. We want to be able to take, you saw the commercials, we want to be able to take, all of our Who's for Hope kids to KAA camp this year. It's something we've never done. But, but y'all, I, I need y'all's money. I need your pockets. I need your bags. So the, 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 the situation is this. We have kids that have come out of, out, of our, out of our program that are applying to play basketball at a Division II school this year, and he didn't have the money to apply. And so we paid for it. And I'm not saying that to brag on Who's for Hope. I'm saying that because... Our kids literally don't even have money sometimes to pay for their own registration. Registration is 25 bucks. All we need to send them to KA camp this year is 25 bucks. We, we, we need y'all's help. I know y'all already bought your briskets and everything for, for, for today and tomorrow. And it's marinating. But, but you know, if you, can, if you can take some of your Starbucks money for next month, if you can take some of your, you know, whatever your, 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 your personal thing is, your, your, your nails, whatever it is, we need that money, y'all. We really do. I'm desperately asking on behalf of our Who's for Hope kids. Um, if, you, if you're not able to give of your money, please give your time. We need security guards to work the court. Um, we need help. You know, just some little things. Um, if you don't have um, the Givelify app, if you don't use the Givelify app, I'm probably not supposed to say this, but I'm saying it anyway. Just write it on the uh, little white, the little white uh, uh, cards. You just put Hoops for Hope on the side, and we'll, we'll figure out a way to get the money back from y'all. But, but we need the money. All right? Thank y'all. Amen. Thank you, Deacon Holmes. All right. Let us continue worship and giving. Okay. We've finished. All right. Amen. Efficiency. Amen. All right. All right. Let's thank God for this offering. God, we bless your name and we praise you for the gifts you've given to us and allow us to give them back to you and we pray that they are given to build the kingdom and to give you glory in jesus name we pray amen 
I want to share a couple more things with you. All right. Uh, we had community empowerment this weekend, and we had uh, over 90 volunteers. Amen. We gave away 183 boxes of food, which served about 420 people. Amen. Thank God. Amen. All right. The uh, church, in honor of Memorial Day holiday on tomorrow, the church campus will be closed. And uh, with that in mind, we want to uh, acknowledge all of our armed forces sir soldiers. If you've served, if you currently serving or you're retired or you know someone that has uh, passed away and it was a soldier we give honor to you and we remember you on this weekend so if you're here and you have been in the military would you just stand and let us see you amen 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 thank you for your service Right. Now, we uh, are having Wednesday night Bible study, and I uh, also want to share with the uh, church family, uh, we have uh, lost a very dear member, uh, one of our mothers of the church, uh, Sister Essie B. Stevens. Uh, she, uh, we celebrated in February her 100th birthday, and now God has called her home from labor to reward. So uh, it's a very sweet spirit. She has been a part of this church family for a very long time. And uh, she has blessed countless people through her ministry here at the church and even in our own family. So we're going to celebrate her life on Wednesday, this Wednesday at 11 o'clock. So if you can, make it by and help us celebrate uh, such a wonderful spirit. And um, she was well taken care of by her daughters. They did a wonderful job of taking care of their mother. And uh, just uh, the last time I was with her, uh, she, she still could recognize faces and she could still smile. And we thank God that uh, he has now called her from labor to a wonderful, glorious reward. So help us to celebrate her life on Wednesday if you can. All right. Okay, now uh, also want to remember Pastor Rose, he, uh, he's going to have to funeralize his aunt that he was taking care of. That's going to be on Saturday, so keep uh, Pastor Rose in your prayers. Now, because we're having the uh, funeral on Wednesday at 11, there will not be a noonday Bible study, so that will be canceled, but we will have it uh, Wednesday night, so just adjust your calendar accordingly. All right, now. Next month, we are celebrating 25 years of our senior pastor and all he's done for this church family. Amen. Now, I, I, I told you earlier that pastor is not here. There is a reason that he's not here. On yesterday, pastor became a married man. Amen. We got some pictures we're showing, but on yesterday, he married Tori Moore Dugar, and they are now Mr. and Mrs. the Reverend Dr. D.Z. Covey, all of that. 
It was a wonderful wedding. And they are now, because he's not here, you know, when you get married, you got that little honeymoon, you know. So they are honeymooning today. So he's not with us because he's with his bride. And they do what you do on honeymoon. Amen. If one or two, one or two of y'all need to take a honeymoon. Amen. Thank you, Lord. There's been some failure. Take that honeymoon. I'm clowning. Amen. Brother Page. Amen. All right. All right. But the pastor wanted to make sure that you knew that he thanked you for your prayers for him. Uh, I know many of you have prayed for him to have uh, find a wife that uh, would be a blessing to him. And Tori is a blessing to him. And we thank God that they did get, get married and jumped the broom and let us be a part of that celebration. Now, when he comes back, he'll explain a little bit more about uh, what they're going to do to involve the entire church in their celebration. All right? So until then, while he's on his honeymoon, say a couple of prayers for your pastor. Amen? And then next month, show up every Sunday. And we've already asked uh, the membership to, to what we're looking for as an offering to pastor. $5 for every year of service. That's $125. You have the whole month to come up with that. So we pray that you will bless him in a mighty way. And at the end of the month, we also have an anniversary banquet that we're having at the Bell Tower over in the Heights. And we're going to have a souvenir anniversary uh, booklet that we want you to participate in. We have a table set up uh, over in the fellowship hall so that you could go over and sign up for an ad or something like that for the uh, souvenir book as well as let us know what your intention is about the banquet. Uh, you can pay for the banquet online through PushPay and Givelify. You can do that. As well as the love offering to the pastor, you can do that on PushPay and Givelify also. But let us know. Stop by the table. Uh, let us know your interest. We'll give you some more details about the cost for the, the, the souvenir book. But we want to make sure that you all participate in this grand celebration next month. Now, every Sunday next month, we have senior pastors coming in to bless us. So you're going to have a blessing every Sunday. And on top of that, it's a celebration of our pastors. So let's support him every Sunday, show him some love with your presence and show him some love with your money. Amen. All right. I promise you we're going to talk about it every Sunday, and we will. Yes, sir. All right. So that takes care of what we're asking for you to do for our pastor. We also want to remind uh, the, the, for the Mother's Day brunch is that we didn't have a Mother's Day because of the weather, but it was rescheduled for the second Saturday in June. So June 8th is going to be the Mother's Day brunch. So if you have signed up for that, then you should be getting noticed. But we want to make sure you understood that we're doing it on June the 8th. All right. I think that covers everything that I should have covered. All right. So it's now time for us to recognize our visitors. So today, if you are visiting with us for the first time, the second or the third time, we're going to ask that you stand. We're not going to ask you to say anything, but we do want to recognize you. So please stand. Remain standing. Amen. 
Amen. Oh, I got some kinfolk in the house. Amen. All right. Well, we're so glad that you're here. We thank God that you came to join us and fellowship with us and worship with us. And we hope and pray that you've been blessed by the singing, by a warm handshake, a warm smile, the, the preached word. And we hope that we'll bless you all this week. Now, because you're here, we have a special reception for you. And we're going to ask that you gather your things and you follow these young ladies who are part of our guest relations uh, ministry. They're going to take you to the area for the reception. We have a special gift for you. And we're going to tell you a little bit more about the Good Hope Church. God bless you. Thank you for coming. You're welcome to come back all the time, anytime. Amen. And show some love, church. They, they came to be with us. Everybody don't want to come to your house. Amen. Show some love. All right. Coming up and down. All right, all right. Let's keep clapping, y'all. That's that's a good little group. Amen. Now, if you if you happen to have Pastor's number, send him a text. Say, ooh, Pastor, I heard. And just tell him congratulations. All right. Excuse me. Oh Lord. Sister Burroughs said he shouldn't be on his phone at all because he on his honeymoon. Amen. All right. All right. Thank God for our pastor. I think we all want to make sure he's happy and that all is going well. So we thank God for him. And uh, now, now, now this is Tori's first, first lady. Don't y'all be tripping. Let's love on her and give her all of the love that she deserves. All right? So hug her and, and, and just wish her and encourage her. All right? Okay? And I told her we're going to get that first lady hat later. No. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> all right. God bless your family. Thank God for you. Next month is a wonderful month that we are looking forward to. God has blessed us. And we are going to celebrate his blessings. Amen? All right. If everybody's good, let's stand. Receive the benediction. All right. Touch your shoulder, grab a hand. All right. God, we come right now to thank you for what you've done for us through our senior pastor. Thank you, Lord, for the 25 years of dedicated service. And we lift up now uh, him and his new bride, Lord, and we ask blessings on them in a mighty way. Uh, we ask that uh, they enjoy their time in the honeymoon, Lord, and that all will be well in the years and days ahead in their marriage. And then, Lord, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the word that has assured us that you love us, you give us grace and that you give us a purpose thank you for the cross and Lord I pray for everyone of the sound of my voice that you bless them this week as they rise up early and settle late bless them Lord as they go out and as they come in bless them in their labor and in their leisure until we come together again in the house of prayer 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hug somebody on your way out.